0: It's a different type tip. conga cap champions cup but also mls games as well welcome to phoi union podcast we've got Woo. tyler Zully, chay p sabata renee washington here coming off of a 2-2 draw to open up mls play at home at subaru park there's lots of questions jazz fusion nice to have you in the chat you're asking them one of the many questions all these years and jim still doesn't know how to use a bench Shaw, <laughs> oh, there we have it jazz you're already bringing the, the heat We've got plenty to talk about today, JP, because this past weekend, we had a chance to finally see the union in MLS play. We were all curious. Of course, so many questions. Andre Blake's status, Jack Elliott's status, how the team was going to look overall. As we talked about with Alex Campbell from CHGO Fire, our sister station, who joined us on Thursday, where are we going to get a fresh Chicago Fire and a tired Philadelphia Union? After watching all of that, uh, I say yes, 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 yes to all the above. Um, well, I think I got exactly what at least what I expected from this game to be. And I don't know about you, but this was a, there was a lot to take. I was just kind of watching the game, like making all these mental notes, like oh, 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 like a lot to take away from the game. A lot that we learned in the early between Saturday's game and even last Tuesday's like one game. So today we'll get into that. We'll talk about the matchup. We'll recap and give updates on injuries. Uh, other news around the league, plus yeah. of course preview to uh, the Tuesday game versus Deportivo Saprissa. So lots to get into. But initial thoughts from Saturday's game for you? What was? Uh, I know it was a yeah. busy, busy day. You were flipping through channels and watching multiple games. But overall, what were your thoughts on how the season cracked open twenty twenty four in MLS play?
1: Yeah, Renee, I think like through the first week, and I'm going to throw Saprissa in this as well. I think we learned one thing in particular and that this is still the Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And you saw the resiliency yet again. I listen we don't know what the Chicago fire are going to be this year. It was only one match, but yeah. you found yourself down. You you found yourself down again, and yet you found a way to come back and you walked away with a point. We'll talk about the replacement refs, which, you know, we, we bound to have some type of growing pains with replacement ref during match day one. So uh, there was some controversial calls. We'll, we'll talk about as well, but overall, mm-hmm. I think you have to be proud of the team to be resilient. Look, you're, you just played a match Tuesday. You got to go back on Saturday and let's play. We talked about this before. It is difficult, but that's not an excuse. You have to go get those results, and you got the point. And I don't know, right? Maybe if you had some different refs, you might get three. Just saying.
0: <laughs> well, honestly, the first goal that was called. Okay, so let's let's break it down. In the first half, mm-hmm. not a good first half at all. Right. Very sloppy, very just. Dis- Bo- on both sides, for the Union and for the Fire. Now, I expected it from the Fire because it was their first game of the season. Uh, and then also, as we had talked about for Chicago, they had so many new pieces, a lot of changes across their roster. For the Union, after having a Tuesday midweek game against Saprisa, get a chance to get some of those like early season cobwebs out a bit. You know, I actually did expect the first half to start off better than it did. Okay. Um, I thought that what we saw in the second half was going to be more of what we saw in the first half. And you have to wonder, had we had a full game of that second half performance if this is a 2-2 draw. And then what made it more frustrating, in addition to the fact that we didn't see a lot of substitutions, we only saw one, Ali Bedoya, that came in the second half for Jack McGlynn. The entire game, they're they're pressing, they're having the better of play, and then Chicago comes down and scores. And then Chicago comes down and scores again. And, and honestly, I was kind of like, okay, the first goal, soccer. That's that's classic soccer. Yep. You had the better of play, even though it was sloppy, you still... There were, there were no threatening chances. Chicago didn't have a single shot in the entire half until they scored. And that was the only shot they had the entire half. And so classic that you're attacking, 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 come down and give up a goal. And that was frustrating. And what's up, Rainey? All nice to have you here, too, hey. friend. And so I was, I was annoyed at this at halftime because the union allowed themselves to go down yet again. First two games of the season, both games they are trailing at the half, 1-0. Yeah. Not the type of identity you want your team to have. You don't want to be a team that's ch- constantly chasing the game. But then they came back out, scored in the first minute. Of course, that goal got called back. I do not think there was enough to overturn that call. I I don't agree. I, agree. I don't agree. If They didn't show us all the VAR angles. We only saw the one. But from that one angle, it was too close because in the – In MLS play, unlike the NFL or some other leagues, they don't do like the line drawn across. They don't isolate players the same way. Like they don't have the ability to add in some of those extra uh, pieces of being able to clearly see if the guy is offside or not. And I don't think it was enough to, to show he was offside. Yeah. And so I disagree with that one. I think Damian Lowe's uh, offside call was absolutely correct. He was clearly, yeah. clearly offside. Yes, for sure. But the first one did not give enough. Plus, you didn't have enough accuracy of knowing when he was in, the, in a position offside versus when the ball was played. I think it was too close. But then I also enjoyed the fact that the Union came back. Still we're still we're on the attack. It started with Quinn Sullivan. We will get into Quinn Sullivan because I want to give him his own time. But <laughs> him, and Nate Harriel, you know, Jack, Jose, they were pushing, pushing, pushing. And to get the equalizer, I think what made me more upset was they gave up a second goal. Like I don't mind, especially in the early parts of a season, you give up a goal, you're flat, you know, early on. But to give up a second goal. After you were complete, like the second half performance was night and day compared to the first half of the union. So you fully picked things up a notch, fully were on the attack and still managed to come down and give up late in the game, a second goal. And now you have to wait for Daniel Gazak to score in the 93rd minute to tie things up. And of course, Mikel Ua had what should have been the game winning goal, missed that. But it shouldn't come down to the last minutes that you're now fighting to walk out of there with at least a point. So as frustrating was the, to have the first goal happen, the second goal is what really had me like, wait a minute.
1: Ten minutes left. Wait a like... minute
0: now. You've been completely dominating this game. There's, I mean, Chicago was chasing, 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 completely dominating, and you still give a second. And I know uh, Raniel's dropping in the Snakes. Jillian's dropping in. Andre saves that second one. Ivan, you're saying you've been really impressed with Quinn's performance this season. He's really hit the <laughs> ground running there. We got to talk about Quinn specifically. I think, okay, I will give Oliver Zemla definitely, in my opinion, for both goals, got caught off guard. I know Jim was talking about it. Most times when keepers do not have a lot of action, they tend to fall asleep. It's the same thing with backs. Backs and keepers have to find a way to stay engaged, because when your team's attacking, attacking, attacking is honestly when you're very susceptible to that fluke transition goal. So I felt like in that, and even for the first goal cuz the first goal was right over his head. He was a couple steps off his line where you shouldn't ever get ch- at 6-4. Yeah. You shouldn't get <laughs> chipped over the middle. It wasn't a, it wasn't an upper 90 shot. It wasn't a bent ball into the back post or near post. It was right over the top a driven shot over his head where he was caught out of position. So I agree, I think Andre might say both of those to be honest. But my concern about the goals and I wrote this down and I said this on Thursday and I wrote it down again because I'm like, I just we just talked about this on Thursday. Yeah. The few chances that Chicago had were chances where they had players wide open in goal-scoring positions. We saw Damian Lowe and Jacob Glesson doing a good job occupying their forwards. Nate was tracking back. Kai's tracking back. The midfielders, watch that second goal again, especially, but the first goal as well. Watch where Quinn Sullivan is. Watch where Jack McGlynn is. Watch where Jose's at. Watch where GazzDog's at. They're not matching up defensively, and they're leaving players. So now what was happening, and we talked about this after Saprissa, is the back four is getting caught between do I step and pressure the ball or do I hold with the forwards. They're not stepping, and they're allowing shots from distance that shouldn't happen. So the union have got to figure this out because it started, and I remember saying this against SC Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. I remember saying this last year in the postseason. Stop giving up shots from distance because you're not tracking back. Defensively, I don't know if you caught that. There were stretches where the middies just were not working back on defense and getting matched up, and you're leaving players wide open. Yeah, no.
1: I want to go first with with your points about the goals that happened. So, look in life, just like in soccer, you can be doing everything right, but if you just turn your head away, if you put your if you take your foot off the gas pedal. That's what's going to happen. You're going to find yourself down one nothing. You're going to find yourself down 2-1. And that's really what I felt like I saw there, Renee. Because like I did feel I saw a lot of spurts of good play, mm-hmm. especially defensively. But it's just those instances where you took take the foot off the gas pedal. That's pretty much what happens. On, on the Fernandez goal, I mean, or Gutierrez goal, I'm sorry. That was a great shot. I mean, fantastic right. shot. Kudos to him. And this is a, another... There's a lot of young players in this match alone that really caught eyes around the league. Great shot by him. But like you mentioned... Why is El Brujo giving him all that space? Mm-hmm. Why? Where is Harriel? That's, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the right wing right there. Where is Harriel? Um, you know, Damien Lowe, it, it is what it is. I mean, you, you would want to help have them come up and help. But at the end of the day, El Brujo and Harriel should not allow for uh, Gutierrez to have that easy type of shot. So I'm in agreement with you that that to me is just a moment where the union took the foot off the gas pedal and Gutierrez had one of the best goals of match day one here in the MLS. And that absolutely cannot happen. And on the second one, Fabian Herbert's former union player turns garbage in the goal. And that can't happen either. And look, Yes, I I do agree with you, Jillian, that Andre makes that save on the second one. But why are we putting our essentially rookie goalie in a tough spot like that? So to me, I thought overall they played solid defensively, but you cannot have those mishaps because that's what happens. It doesn't matter how well you played for the entire match. If you take your foot off the gas pedal for one moment, you're going to allow two goals to happen just like that. And how ironic is it here, Renee, that the season last year, it ends in a lack mm-hmm. of a VAR review. Mm-hmm. And then week, match day one, we have a goal get called back on a controversial offsides there, which I'm agreeing with you. I don't know how you turn uh, turn that one back, but unfortunately it did. But they did find a way to, to, to come back and get the win. And I think to me, that is what's the important part. Um, I want to mention Zemla as well. You sold me on him when we were talking about him over the past couple episodes. <laughs> and you know what? Those two goals are unfortunate. Yeah, the first one, he probably should have stopped. You can't allow a goal like that to get past. And yes, Andre Blake obviously saves that. And on the second one as well, Andre probably saves as well. But Renee, in injury time in the second half, Oliver Zemmler makes a huge save. That probably saves the point. And that was one of the last plays of the match there. And to me, if you're talking about Zemla and his debut, I thought it was solid. I didn't expect him to come in here looking like Andre Blake and, and stopping every look like a brick wall, but yeah. it's good to see him out there. He got all those nerves out of the way. And look, we're going we're gonna to rely on him tomorrow because Andre is not going to be available mm. for like two. So I thought uh, uh, Zemla looked pretty solid. I think that going forward, I'm hoping that he gets those jitters out the way because I thought that save in injury time showed more to me than the full, well, I guess 108 minutes that we played of soccer on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting because, and I, I hate to have to harp on one thing, it's so early in the season, and right. I wanted to stress, like, I've, I've been there. In those early parts of the year, you're still figuring out a lot of things, and especially without Andre Blake, who's such a big part of this team, who is that voice, he's that consistent presence where you know what you're going to get from him. I do think that, you know, it's, it's, you're, this is a team that's, obviously going to be with without Andre you can tell the difference I should say and I thought Zemla like you mentioned that save that he made in stoppage time was incredible uh even on the second goal he gets the touch now I would have loved him to be able to hold that instead of giving up the rebound but I'm watching it again because I had I was like I know I'm not crazy and I should have did this before I did this uh Saturday but I it's been a couple days right so both goals You have the same situation, and I should have taken a screenshot of this to show on the show, but it's fine. If you guys want to look at it, go back and check it out. In the second goal, you have the fire on the attack. They have five players in the 18. Mm -hmm. The union have eight, nine players, excuse me, that are in the picture. So five V nine, then a six fire player joins in. The union's midfielders stop tracking back. You do have Jose's in the the back uh, defending as well. Um, Quinn's lurking, but the midfielders slowly stop where they stop re- retreating back. The backs are pressuring. Damian Lowe gets beat. Ja- Jacob Elliott's not matched up. Nate's on the back post with actually two guys, Herber being one of them, two guys that are, so it's two V one on the back post. These are the types of things that in the early parts of the season, you still shouldn't have happened. Right. because I can understand your chemistry being off your touch, being off your fitness, being a step behind, But you, especially with the exact same 11 from last year, there's no reason why you should not have guys tracking back. And what makes it worse is you actually have the numbers. This is not a situation where they were a player down or two. They have the numbers, yet just did not pick up the players. And you allow your keeper, as you talk about leaving him on an island, your your rookie keeper makes a great first save. And because on the back post, there's two guys that are in a goal-scoring position, Jacob Glessis slides for the first one, but you're still not out of the fire because you're not matching up. So I know defensively, we've talked a lot about how that's the staple of this team. That's where their leadership comes from. That's where a lot of the guys that have logged the most minutes have come from. But to me, that was actually extremely frustrating. That second goal was that, that frustration moment of, wow, you guys are actually creating on offense, giving the better of chances. And if you had just marked up If you just got back on defense and got organized quicker, that's not a second goal. And now you don't have to worry about chasing the game again. So (laughs) I think looking at their three goals, they've given, uh, excuse me, four goals they've given up now. Because of one, we, you know, we saw they scored on themselves. Um, But even that, that's four goals that all come from defensive breakdowns where it's more about the union Falling asleep, getting caught flat, you know, at a, you know, disconnected versus this is not an offensive goal where the fire beat someone one v one and had this incredible finish. It was almost given to them in that sense. You didn't make them earn it. You know, you can't do that at this stage of at the, any team. I don't care who you're playing in the MLS. You cannot give guys opportunities like this to score.
1: Yeah, no. And like, you know, when you know that your main goalie is not there, especially Andre Blake's a different type of animal when you're talking about your starting goalkeepers in this league. But if you know Andre's not out there, you got to step up your game. with knowing that you got a, essentially a rookie goalkeeper back there. And I, I'm loving Jillian's comment, by the way. who's better than Bendick. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were better than Bendick at that point last year. But no, it was interesting because, um, you know, I talked about the intensity. I felt like the intensity was lacking at times through the match. And look, they just got done playing a important match on Tuesday. So it, it, I, I guess I kind of do get it. But look, we're trying to get as many points, especially this early on in the season. When you have CCC, I know you're obviously prioritizing CCC. You need to try to get as many points as you can in regular season play. Mm-hmm. And fact of the matter is Saturday was a match that you could have gotten some points. And that first half, I thought it was interesting because... Chicago had an interesting game plan. They were attacking those wide spaces, yeah. uh, going on that low block counterattack. And Kai and Nate were leaving those spaces open. Salise and, and Gutierrez were taking advantage of those opportunities. Solisay had Kai Wagner a couple of times. It's funny because like the past two years, Chris Mueller typically lines up on that right side for Chicago. And Mueller's had some opportunities on Kai Wagner as a mm-hmm. goal from 22. I'm thinking on the top of my head that I still gives me nightmares. But... You know, we talked about Gutierrez as a young player who who obviously this year he's trying to make that next step. And so uh the, the union gotta do a better job, especially in this in this league. You're gonna see some better te- our teams with better wingers or wing play. Uh so that's something that I, I noticed at Chicago in the early parts were definitely trying to expose those wings. Yeah. But then they found out real quick that, you know glasses and low are down there and it's not going to be easy with those crosses. Well,
0: I mean, I know Jack just in the chat, you're bringing up Jack Elliott being important and and we've got to talk about that too. But when I look at, when I look at what the union are struggling around the goal that Gutierrez scores, it's one V five. He had, the ball. he gets past, I believe it's Jose. That's the first person he got by. Um, It might've actually been Jack. Now that I'm thinking about just where it was on. Nope. It was, it was Jose gets past Jose, you have five union players around him. He's able to get his shot off and finish. And there's there's no reason Actually, let me double check that. Yeah, no. There's no reason why you should be able to get that shot off. There's it's not even like this is just a broke both goals are broken plays. So as important as Jack Elliott and Andre Blake are, and I'll be honest, I think Damian Lowe's doing a really good job at center back right now. Like, I don't think that it's because of him that they've given up these goals in the early parts of the season. I actually think it's just as a unit, the breakdowns that they're having defensive as a team. Uh, but even without Andre Blake, you still should have been able to get, if not a clean sheet, maybe you give up one of those two goals. There's no reason you should give up both goals. But as you mentioned on the flank, that is where the strength of this team has come from. And it's been very exciting to see. And I know you guys are talking about, um, Ivan, you're talking about Quinn Sullivan and how well he played. Are you also were mentioning Jesus Bueno yeah. who would take that right center midfield spot, but it seems like know. Quinn has something to say about it. As he's yeah. definitely, that kid's definitely playing like a stud. As you mentioned, Quinn Sullivan was my MVP of the game. Uh, hands down. I don't th- look, there were, there were a few different players that played very well. Nate Harrell was one of them, even though these goals did happen on his side. Um, but I feel like Quinn Sullivan If he doesn't play at that next level the way that we saw Saturday, this team doesn't tie. I think they lose that game. I mean, he directly had a part. We saw it in Saprissa. We saw it again Saturday. He has had a part in almost every single goal, whether it's directly getting the assist or setting up the play or getting the rebound that keeps the play alive. He's been involved in some capacity by just going. He's he's playing aggressive. He's making runs. Him and Nate have been working so well on that right side, overlapping and just creating. I know Jim was saying that next level development for him is knowing like when to pass versus when to shoot versus when to dribble, being able to make decisions. A lot of times young players slow down, and we saw that. He had a beautiful end-line opportunity did not get the service off. It kind of tripped up on his feet because it kind of slowed down a bit. And that's where you have to just, you beat your defender, keep going, get that, drive the ball across, pick out a target, finish. But I will say he's the only one that I feel like consistently, the last two games you can point to has been playing at a high level, playing hard, working hard. I just want to see him work a little bit better on defense sometimes, (laughs) Um, working hard into the attack. And it's, it's, Contagious. Yeah. Daniel Gadsden's being off it. UWA, who struggled in the first half, struggled against prisa, Finally comes out in the second half, and I finally felt like there is UWA. But it was because I felt like Quinn kind of was the set spark to so set it all off.
1: Yeah, he set that up perfectly. Man. For yeah, I want to. I want to take a second to talk about Quinn and Jack. But let's let's start off with Quinn first because, like you said, through the two first matches, he's been the best player by far out of all the players here for the Union, mm-hmm. and it's just like I talked about during last week's episode on Thursday, he's married himself to this position. You know, we, the past couple of years, what we've been talking about with Quinn is where do you play him? Like, cause like, he's got this creative ability. He He's pretty tenacious. He's got some, he's got this confidence for a young player, but like we tried him at the forward. It didn't really work. Trying him at the 10 didn't really work there, but we also tried him in the shuttle. Rachel Mitchell as well. Didn't really work. But now this year, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's maturity as well. That's always a factor too, but He has married himself to this position. And I think what works so well, and that's why why I want to get into Jack too, is that Quinn provides in the attack. He does a great job of just being that extra outlet in the attack. You mentioned him working with Nate Mm Harrell on the outside is really big, but he's not scared. And Jim always talks about giving his players that flexibility. He wants them to take those risks and those gambles. Quinn will go all the way up top there in the attack, and he will contribute. And on the other side with Jack, Jack also had a really good game. Jack does a good job of setting up the play from the back, from yes. the back line to the yes. front, where Quinn does a good job, essentially from the midfield to the to the front, like those two forwards. And so that's why I feel like they complement each other so well. And when this union attack has been stale, it's because you're not getting that proper shuttling uh, performance from both mm-hmm. your shuttle midfielders here. So Jack and Quinn have been so important, not only for the production on the attack, Oh, Renee what do we talk about before the season we needed to see where yes. these young kids of the, of our youth Academy is going to help us in 2024 like we talked about Mark and Brandon back in, tw- in 2020 how valuable they were for that supporter shield mm-hmm. winning team we needed those type of players for this type for this team to go far again because listen it's been it's been that long since we had kids help us out on the senior team and You talk about Jack. You talk about Quinn being able to be important parts of that diamond. Nathan Nathan Harrell, he's going to have his time. Don't you dare worry. But Nathan Harrell, two straight starts away from Olivia and Baizo, too. So this midfield has its two missing pieces, its consistent pieces, because these kids have finally taken over those positions. They're men now. You can't call them kids no more.
0: No. no. Well, they're still kids. But... (laughs) No, they are maturing for sure, though. And I know in the chat you guys are saying various things. Ivan, you're saying Quinn was also your MVP Saturday in Preston, Costa Rica as well. He is playing dynamic. and that's you know the midfielder as a forward former midfielder myself, I always pay attention to that. Your role as the midfield is to be the playmaker. You are linking your team into the attack. you're you're making runs, you're helping to generate opportunities. You've got to be confident in just going. And obviously at 19 years old, that confidence was going to take time to develop. But I feel like we find they're getting Quinn at that level. And Jose, as you're mentioning, he's trying to get his butt on a plane for Paris 2024. Like (laughs) Quinn, he's not just out here trying to prove that he deserves to be a starter and to be, you know, someone that's a top player on this team. He's He's got some bigger goals and it's showing because Quinn is consistently, he's just, You see him having fun. It looks like he's playing hard. That shot from distance that just sailed wide of the back post. He hit it perfectly. A nice knuckleball back post. A thing of beauty. And for Quinn and Nate to be able to help. Like we've talked so much about Kai Wagner and this team, you know, just depending on set pieces and, and needing that spark. Like you mentioned, Quinn has been that dynamic piece of the attack. Him and Nate, honestly, on the right side, especially because other than that, Like, when you look at the first half to the second, the biggest difference, first half, the union were, it was a lot of, and I I remember saying this as a player. My parents used to tell me this all the time. (laughs) If you're spending all your time complaining at the referees and you're on the ground and your hands are always up in the air, you're not playing soccer. You can't play. And and I get it. There were some missed calls. They could have been called fouls. Whatever. Like, officials, and I don't care if it's replacement refs or the real refs or whatever else is going on. Whoever is officiating is not going to get it right, but you have to make sure you're not allowing the game to come down to calls, and you're spending so much energy arguing fouls, and Julian Carranza, and Mikel Ua, and Jose, everyone was getting all chirpy, 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 and no one was just playing soccer. Mm -hmm. Second half, you noticed, we didn't see as much of that complaining, except for the two goals that got called back, rightfully so, but it wasn't as much complaining about fouls, they were just going on and playing. Just play hard, take care of business, And don't even worry about who's officiating.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing you guys need to take care of, ladies and gentlemen, is one of our dear sponsors today is Coors Light. Guys, what are you drinking here for the games? Obviously, we're in the middle of union season. We're obviously with the Sixers and Flyers right now. Phillies are right around the corner. So what are you guys going to drink here for your tailgates or for the games? Well, I'm going to choose Coors Light as we get closer to the summer I'm more of a craft beer guy, but listen, there's only so many craft beers that I can do. I just like Coors Light because when it's blue, you know it's cold, you know it is time to drink one, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll be drinking my Coors Light tomorrow night as the uni take on Deportivo Saprissa Like too, I'll be having my Coors Light. I highly recommend that you guys grab one as well. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, you know what's the best part of Coors Light? You can have it delivered right to your door. What better than that, ladies and gentlemen? Head on over to CoorsLight.com slash PHLY Soccer to to get your delivery here today of Coors Light and and see all the different products that they have. Again, that is CoorsLight.com slash P-H-L-Y Soccer. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Thank you again to our friends over at Coors Light.
0: And while you're being responsible, be responsible as you plan for your future. So over at Mortgage CS, they do a really good job. Mortgage CS stands for Mortgage Concierge Service, a white glove service located right here in Philadelphia, but if you're not an affiliate and you're tuned into our show and you're or watching back or listening back on podcast platforms, Mortgage CS is licensed coast to coast in California, Colorado, various states all around. Uh, so- In our area, it's Pennsylvania, New Jersey, (coughs) Delaware, Maryland, but also licensed in some other spots as well. So you can definitely take advantage of uh, Mortgage CS in any state around the country because they will do a great job of working to empower you, educate you, make sure you have as much information as possible as you're going through your house buying process, and they want to help their clients find ultra-competitive rates. At Mortgage CS, their focus is on you, not their own bottom dollar. They're focused on your financial picture and finding deals that work best for you and your family. In addition to that, Mortgage CS also offers refinancing options. So if you're, you know, looking to refinance, they have options to help with rate and term refinances for a rate payment reduction or cash out refinances to tap into home equity and that way they can also help you make smart choices in your high interest debt or funding home projects, education, whatever it is you're trying to refinance for. So with the spring purchase market heating up and as people are actively right now looking to buy homes as that first time home buyer looking to buy that dream house, looking to get the beach house, whatever it may be, over at Mortgage CS, they do a great job of helping you be ready when rates drop, making sure you're prepared, and providing you opportunities to stand out amongst the competitors to make the strongest offers possible. So check out Mortgage CS. When you hear them, the word mortgage, we want you to think of Mortgage CS. We want you to think of Ben and Alec, their CEO, Ben. His phone number right here on your screen. You can reach out at 267-391-7425. That's 267-391-7425. You can also reach out via email at ben at mortgagecs.com and check them out at mortgagecs.com slash phly to get started. Now this advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. And certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS ID number 1464766. You can visit mortgages.com for more information. All right. So, you guys are in the chat talking about, well, yes, you do need to be over 21 to drink. Um, but, Jazz, <laughs> <laughs> Radio, and then Jazz, you're mentioning you've got to read the room. The ref was letting them play. Yeah. Going back to the officials, obviously, we've all been following right now the yeah. stories around the officials across the league because there's the, um, there's still a, process being worked through I should say when the the referees association is still trying to figure out you know with the league uh the logistics of contracts and pay and, and different things that they're working through so as of now we are still getting replacement referees but like I said it doesn't matter who's refereeing it could be a parent or a fan out there refereeing for all I care you've got to be able to play through it and so the of course obvious one is we didn't see Jack Elliott Mm-hmm. We didn't see Andre Blake. We know mm-hmm. Andre Blake's still out um, dealing with that abductor strain. We saw him go down against the Pisa, which was concerning. He, of course, was still in there and then just had, uh, wasn't able to take goal kicks and things like that. But right. I'm I'm concerned about that. You know, I am I'm concerned because injuries are always something that can make or break your season. It's also the same injury he had
1: last year around the same time too, which Bingo. I do understand. I think for me, Renee, I'm going to have to wait. For next week, see what Jim does say. Because now, if he misses another week, I'm like, okay, now yeah. it is time to be concerned. But no, I mean, like you know, on the flip side, obviously it's early enough, so you're you're in a good spot. But you know, Zemla is going to be in a in a tough spot here tomorrow. Um, so Tuesday or Saturday, I'm sorry, was a good test. But it's going to be a real test because, as we all know, Supriza is going to be gunning in here, looking to to upset oh, here. Yes, and they they have some work to do, but but also they are the away team. So remember, the away <laughs> goal is going to be really big. But I thought uh, Zemla in his performance on Saturday, I thought it was a great way of getting the feet wet because, as we all know, getting called up to the pro leagues like that mm-hmm. can it, listen. It, it could be nerve wracking for sure. But Zemla, I thought overall, I thought he bounced back after those goals, and I'm curious to see how he will look on tomorrow's match but what i wanted to ask you actually
0: one last thing before you move on is it's a great point you bring up that final save he made in stoppage time in itself Mm -hmm. knowing that he's gonna have to play again tuesday that's a huge save he ends on a high note after giving up two goals very frustrating for sure um but he ends on a high note and now can walk away saying you know what at least i kept us from losing that game with that incredible save he made in stoppage time
1: absolutely absolutely Yes, Jillian. A lot of miss. A lot. Of, it was an it was an interesting called game in general.
0: It is, but that's. I hate to be that person because I hate. I used to argue with referees all the time, but it. I see where you're saying. I I do not ever let that be. You cannot let that be the reason. Right. Like the union was, even with the missed handballs, even with the goal getting called, goals getting called back. Because I still don't agree with the first one that got called back. You still have the ability and should have won that game. That's not the referee's fault that there were guys wide open in the box. That's not the referee's fault that they were, you know, leaving players open on rebounds. So I agree that the referees missed a lot. And there were times I was like, oh, how do you miss that? But, Union, how do you miss that? How do you leave guys wide open? So uh it's uh yeah. It's a it's it's hard. It's frustrating because yet again, here we are, as you mentioned, frustrated about the fact that officials changed the outcome of the game. But how about Philadelphia Union, you changed the outcome ah, of the game. <laughs> I like that. And you find a way to get the win. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, JP, as as before we get into our preview of Sapisa, because we'll and we'll button this conversation up. We could talk about recapping game one yeah. of the MLS forever. Um, it is only week one for the MLS and in general for the union. It is only only week one. There were some fun, interesting facts, I should say, that I found around the league. So last year, um, across MLS play road teams won about one in every five matches. Okay. And this year in the first 14 games, only one one road team won. One road team won. <laughs> <laughs> but then also on top of that, it came out they were like pulling different numbers, all seven teams who played in CONCACAF Champions Cup games midweek went winless mm. six of those teams had a tie and one new england lost on the road of course okay so of that as i was like looking at the bigger picture the league is so competitive it's really hard to win on the road which is why you would have loved to have seen the union get that home <laughs> victory mm-hmm. lock in three points but six of the seven teams that played in conga champions cup games midweek drew and had a tie the union of course being one of them so it also just kind of put things in perspective because as frustrating as it is it's chicago fire you should win that game if you're the union around the league uh every you know a lot of teams dealt with that i know jazz are saying in the chat better not blame tired legs um in addition to andre blake getting a little bit older jp Jim also only used one substitution.
1: Yeah, I mean that's Allie one thing yeah. I, I brought up before the game when the lineups came out was that yeah that was the only change. I was Andre Blake was out. um I understand it's the second match that you're playing in in 2024, but like I don't know like why not just rotate it like a little bit like why not put in Bizo in there? Yeah. Why not put Bueno in there? Why not put like Chris Donovan in there? Uh, To me, like, I get it, and I know someone put the the comment in there about Jim's lack of substitutions, and, like, yeah, I I know, like, we all have fun with it, but right now, it's not necessarily as important, but when you get into those later months,
0: the summertime,
1: Leaks Cup is in play, you're going to need that rotation. I know it's not a big deal right now, but, like, like Jazz Fusion says, we can't blame tired legs, Mm -hmm. but if you're going to keep running this lineup for five straight matches... We're gonna be here before the summer comes, and we're gonna already have tired legs, and we're gonna be here for for shows talking about tired legs. Mm-hmm. And we talked about before the season that cannot be an excuse anymore because mm-hmm. you had a full all season to prepare for this. So it is interesting. I, I don't I don't want to overblow that part of it, but Jim again not rotating a, a, after the first match. So
0: and I think exactly as you mentioned, you have options that allow you. You do to to have the same level. There's, there's no, if you haven't buys out there, listen, I, I agree. Nate Harriel played fantastic, but it's not just about right now. It's about long-term Nate Harriel, Quinn Sullivan, especially the younger players. I feel like as an older veteran, you understand the longevity of the season. And I, and I can say this from experience, you know how to manage yourself where you're still playing at a high level. You're not saving anything. By any stretch, right. but you know how to manage and the routine and how to keep your body fresh and how to keep your legs fresh. You don't really know that as a youngster. And then it's also mentally very taxing because every game, you know, you're still trying to prove yourself. You're still trying to earn your role on the team. So mentally, it's also just becomes that much more uh, of a wear and tear on you. So to keep guys fresh and then on the reverse. And I always I feel like I always find myself saying this every once in a while with teams in the early parts of their year. You never know who you're going to need. So why not give someone like Mbizo early minutes in the in the early parts of the season like this? You don't know if you're going to need him an outside back. Ali's yeah. different. He's had plenty of minutes. <laughs> um, but even up top, maybe there's like a, a Chris Donovan or H- Bueno, Jesus Bueno. He's a great guy you can rotate in. And there's no drop off. He's not going to be at the same level as Quinn or Jack. But if you have him in your starting lineup or or Jose's getting a rest, you're still going to be able to play at a high level. I'm not saying equal opportunity for everybody where everyone gets playing time, and we're just going to rotate guys if it's not that at all. but give chances to other players, and Ali Badoya being the only substitution the entire game, that's, that's not okay. And you're just, and I know Jim was saying after the game, you know, our sports and performance department has done a really good job. Everybody's very fresh. Wow. You know, we're a lot more fit than I thought we'd be. There's still but human I'm like, beings out there. Uh, everybody's fresh until they're not. Yeah. Because at some point, it's going to catch up to them. You have a Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. You have three games in one week. It doesn't get any easier from here. Give these guys rest when you can instead of, don't. there's no reason to force them. To play so many minutes so early knowing how long the season is
1: yeah i mean like i i think too just like creativity as well when it comes to these lineups like mm-hmm. one thing i want to point out point out um that kevin actually brought kevin kincaid brought up on on twitter that you know on that ed brujo assist to for the game tying goal was a great run and yeah. a great cross by him mm-hmm. and it's funny because before he came to philly with Dep- with uh zula fc in venezuela he did play some fullback back in venezuela yep. Uh, he did play a lot of mid- all over the midfield as well. Like, you know, there's been times like, you know, you, you talked about, um, you know, you-, you never know until you need it. Like last year, you traded Andre Pereira. Oh. And then all of a sudden, the midfield starts crumbling with of injuries. Course. And so, like, that's like one of those moments, like, El Bruhl, like why not try him as a shuttle midfield? But I'm talking about, like, just being creative in general with moving around and rotating the pieces because like, I look at the midfield right now, obviously you have Bueno, you have Bedoya as backups. We're still waiting for Leon Flock. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just in general, some creativity can go a long way. But rotation is going to be extremely important here, Renee. We're going to need that going forward.
0: Yeah, you do. And you have to make sure you're not overly um, relying on – Certain guys, too much too soon. Yeah. You know, I know Jazz, you mentioned in the chat, someone like Chris Donovan or Jeremy Raffinello, you know, those types of players, <laughs> AARP, Ollie's really oh funny actually. Um, those types of young players get the minutes early, get them, some, and, and it's not confidence and, and stuff like that is not built in game. I believe it is truly built in practice. But okay. I feel like what at least I've seen from preseason and so far is these guys have earned the opportunity. Even if it's the last five minutes, it doesn't have to be they're going to start the game. I don't think you ha- I don't think the Union drastically needed to change their starting lineup. I'm fine with keeping the same eleven. Um, of course, Andre is out, so Zemla is the only change. But I'm I also feel like get to the second half, late in the game, maybe you bring in one or two other guys. And and just give some fresh leg and just give them some minutes and just give them a chance. Why not? Especially knowing you have to turn around and play again on Tuesday. So I do think, you know, overall, and I hope, the plan isn't to just stick with this group. We I remember criticizing the U.S. Women's National Team because they had the exact same issue. They go down into Australia. They're playing in the World Cup. They play the same 11, 12 players game after game after game. And then you need somebody else. And you have nobody else to depend on. So you don't want to wait until it's game time and you need it to now have to depend on people. You want to be proactive. But you know where else you can be proactive ahead of game time? That's with the Game Time app. Oh, yeah. So the Game Time app allows you to be able to browse your seats and tickets through for anything. Concerts, comedy shows, games... So you don't have to wait until it's game time to be scrambling. You can proactively buy your tickets in advance. You can download the app today. Use the code PHLY to be able to get $20 off your purchase. They make it a lot easier for you to be able to buy your tickets. They allow you to be able to see where your seats are. So that way you have an idea of where you're going to be located before you even get to the event. And then... When you show up, it's that much easier because right on your phone, you open the app, your tickets are right there. You don't need to worry about Wi-Fi issues or printing out copies of your tickets. You have your tickets on your phone to be able to show at the door, scan, and get in. So again, download the Game Time app today. Use that code PHLY to be able to get $20 off your purchase to make it a lot easier and a lot more fun as you're buying tickets. I can't guarantee the game won't be stress-free, but buying tickets with the Game Time app can definitely be. Oh, that rhymes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Renee is our (laughs) MC here, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of keeping it easy, we got another sponsor here today that makes your life easier as far as your belly goes, ladies and gentlemen. That is Bagels & Co., Brooklyn-style bagels made with that Philly love that we love so much. And with this world that we're living in with inflation, I know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm dealing with it as well. Well, that's where Bagels & Co. comes into place because we're talking huge bagels with a large variety, 15 to 20 different types of bagels, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we just got done Valentine's Day, we got St. Patty's Day, so keep an eye on our St. Patty's Day bagels and all their fun stuff. Largest cream cheese a variety, 30 different flavors of cream cheese and schmears. You cannot go wrong, and again, they are affordable, that's the important part. In this inflation world we're living in, ladies and gentlemen, that is the important part there. So, ladies and gentlemen, Go find your local Bagels & Co. right now. Head on over to bagelsandcocom slash store locator to find your local Bagels & Co. Let them know that PHLY sent you. And guys, we got you covered with some good eats here as well. So thank you again to our sponsor here at Bagels & Co.
0: Yes, and thank you guys that are tuned in. Jazz, yeah. Ivan, Rainiel, Jose. Who else has been here? Jillian. Who, who, as you guys are trickling in, make sure you smash that thumbs up button. Join the conversation. Let us know your thoughts as we're talking through you know, looking back on this weekend, but also looking ahead, because not too long from now, the Philadelphia Union are getting ready for the next game, coca CAF Champions Cup leg like two versus Deportivo Saprissa. Um, but JP, there have been some notable results around the league. Let's yeah. do some, let's uh, let's do those first. Let's just hit on some of those other games that have happened around the league, because we definitely saw a lot of. Interesting things for sure in week one of MLS play. Listen, we are back. Uh, Kucha Hernandez is back. Also, lifted Columbus, the defending champs, knocked off Atlanta, one nothing. Listen, got they got things going from the jump. Um, also, LAFC, and I was watching that game. That was a wild game. LAFC beat Seattle two one. They. Ugh, lafc looks a little looked a little scary but it's only week one so it's fine i'm not panicking or anything um (laughs) seattle did at least make it a game they were down to nothing and then they were able to get a goal uh de la vega had a a goal there but lafc's goals they finished were beautiful nice first time volley oh it was nice it was it was great it was great um and then (laughs) some others we saw as we mentioned new england revolution one of those teams that had a CONCACAF Champions Cup game last week that lost. The only team, actually, that had a CCC game and lost, and they lost an to of, DC United 3-1. That three was an upset of the week right there. That was a wild game. Did, that kind of had me wondering, and I try not to, as I keep overanalyzing week one, I'm trying not to overanalyze week one, but I was 3-1 is like... That's, a, that's that's a convincing loss. That's not a one nothing lose on like a fluke goal.
1: Yeah, and like you said, it is early on, but like I always say, right, if you have an identity, if you have structure, you're going to be a formidable team and uh, Lazina, Troy Lazina, I I thought that's what he was going to bring to DC and this is probably what we're going to probably see early on. They're not going to win every game, but they might be a tougher outing this year than we thought they were.
0: Mhm. Yeah, that was interesting. I know I didn't have a lot of expectations for DC United. I thought this was going to be a year of just, like, chaos and fixing. And it still can very much be that year of uh, writing the ship and stuff. But, yeah, D.C. United looked a, l- a little bit better than I expected against New England. Just clean
1: things up with your fans. That's all I'm yeah. going to say.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, then we did see another draw, uh, Montreal and Orlando City, scoreless draw there. Mm-hmm. And then some other results that have happened as well, like Minnesota knocked off Austin 2-1. to one. Um, But another one that that jumped out at me, that Sporting Kansas City, Houston Dynamo game, 1-1 one, one draw. Of course, the Union face Sporting Kansas City this upcoming weekend. So I always like to keep an eye on who they're going to be playing shortly. So, yeah, I mean, we are back. MLS is back. We
1: are full back. (laughs) You had uh, Phil Neville getting a 4-1 win against our friends over in Colorado. That's a big one because a lot of people were skeptical of Phil going to Portland after his Miami stint. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Portland is still Portland right now. And a lot of goals
0: scored early on there. That was a high-scoring game pretty quickly in that first half. So, yeah, that in itself, I mean, to see them jump out the way that they did, uh, Portland, another team to keep an eye on that also has been making some moves this offseason, may have been one that's a little bit quieter for for people, um, but they've been making a lot of moves. So, yeah, I mean, I always enjoy this early part of the season. You're getting a sense of what these teams are going to look like, how their offseason moves pan out, how their youngsters come into the mix, Um, you know it's it's an exciting time and with that uh, jazz is saying the galaxy look good shout out to john mccarthy and the la galaxy because they did look they were looking pretty
1: they're fun good. they're fun this year they're- yeah
0: they might be a little bit more might be better to what the la galaxy has been in the past because last season was was not so good
1: structure and identity it's a crazy thing he um and yeah so um, for Greg Vanny, uh he's finally got some players that he can build around and so hopefully for the Galaxy look I I know there's like a certain fan base at the LA Galaxy but if you're an MLS fan especially you've been a fan since like the 2010s like the Galaxy are an important club to our league it, 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 the history speaks for itself so I kind of like to see them still do well yeah but if we meet them in the Cup, but we're going to beat them for sure. For sure, But it is good to see the Galaxy do well. And yes, there was a lot of pink shirts in Carson
0: Kelly. It was packed! <laughs> it looked like an inner miami home game. And Ivan, you're saying that Suarez looked washed yesterday. I hate to say it. <laughs> Listen, we know he's on that. He's on a one-year deal. He is older. He's definitely on the decline of his career. Uh But my, Messi and Miami showed you you cannot allow them to linger. That's twice now that Inter-Miami has been able to, to crawl out of results. When you are – L.A. Galaxy had the better of play, even with the packed house of all Inter-Miami fans, had the better of play, should have won the game, and allowed Inter-Miami to just linger, and they were able to score late. But I know we talked about in the show before, JP, Inter-Miami is showing us they're going to struggle too. They are a, a very – their team is dependent on the veterans that already have a lot of mileage on the tank, and their defense and depth is not actually yeah, what it should be. Yeah, not a lot of
1: depth on that team at all, and that's what they're unfortunately supposed to have to rely on. But that's that they put that's themselves in that. that but is. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if you heard, but you know, Don Garber was at that match talking about it as well. They're talking about roster rules, and you know, anything we can do to make <laughs> sure Miami puts together a good roster, right, Don? Yeah, Don, yeah, yeah,
0: probably. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the boys in blue, because uh, as you guys are talking about, you know, we're excited for leg two. Definitely looking forward to the second half jazz. I am also it's a chance to qualify for the CONCACAF Champions Cup. The round of 16, the union did set themselves up. It would have been so much better if they were up three one, of course, versus three two. But it's okay because at least they're up. It could be worse. Could definitely could be, be worse.
1: Definitely could be worse.
0: But with that uh, going up against Saprisa, both teams played this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest differences is that the Philadelphia Union played the exact same guys that played in leg one on Saturday. The only change, of course, being Andre Blake and then that late substitution for Ali Bedoya uh, coming in for Jack McGlynn. Whereas on the other side, Saprisa was going up against the number six team in league play, Guanacasteca. Ooh. And it was another, tr- both teams tied, zero, zero tie for them, but they had five, 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 five dollar. Think of all the things that have five. Doesn't uh, Subway also have a five thing, too?
1: Number five, Wait, five dollar
0: foot it. long is the Subway. And then there's something else that's five, five, five deal. Five is a important number, guys. It's the point I'm trying to get to. Five different guys, JP, that were in the starting lineup. Five of 11 is nearly half. All you needed was a half of another person. You're nearly at half of your. That was a joke because you can't have half a person. <laughs> half of your starting lineup was someone different from the starting eleven against the Philadelphia Union.
1: I, I will say, keep in mind, Saprisa is in the middle of their season. However, I still am in agreement with you because, I, I like, I'm not even asking to have just five stars. Like, just. Two, two,
0: like in and Bizo and Blenna. Zemla, counting as one.
1: Right. Well, obviously you have to go with Zemla because of Andre's <laughs> injuries, but like, it, it they obviously had to go a little heavier with the rotation because they're in the middle of the season. But that's an important part because of what we're talking about. We have a tough stretch here, and if you're gonna win this, you're gonna keep going on the CCC play. So it, it's just an interesting direction to go, and with this early on in the season, but and, and I mean, Renee, who's to say we don't see the exact same lineup from Saturday that we that we will tomorrow? And I personally, I think you should go a little more defensively here. If I, I mean, what changes are you making? I the thing is, is like I don't like to play conservative, but you're up essentially because you got three goals on the road, so that really puts you in a solid spot. So I'm looking to just even just draw, like just whatever you can do to just hold on that scoring line. Um, so possibly like I'm um, first off up top is the tough part because okay, you know Uwa, who mm-hmm. you know in the Chicago match did not look great but quinn sullivan set up that goal perfectly for him to just literally let it fall off his off his foot and go in the back of the net but you know you're hoping like situations like that boost his confidence up right now and i just think right now it's just a matter of being in in game shape being in game fitness right now and i and i think that's gonna take a couple matches for him to get there but like you know what, what about a chris donovan i mean last year they did a lot of Chris Donovan and Quinn Sullivan as your two forwards. Mm. And, oh, my God, those back lines were praying because those two kids running at you full force. Right. It gets very, it gets very, very, uh, it becomes a long match for you. But, like, those are the type of moves that I would probably look at. Maybe, I mean, I wish we had Leon Flock. Like, no. that's a perfect spot to put in for Jack McGlynn. But we'll see what you're going to go with there. Um, maybe Bueno on that right-hand side. So, I, I think that this lineup has to be more defensive-oriented here. Okay, but I would like to see some type of rotation. I don't know how much I'm going to see (laughs) that
0: Yeah, don't uh, don't be a betting man on that one. (laughs) Uh, And Jazz, I'm sorry, I misunderstood you. Being the second half of the game, you're tuning in after 45. I I get that now. Um, Listen, I think some change. Here's some changes you can make. Told, it is tough to change your backline and jack Elliott specifically it's been about waiting till he gets to 100%. Damian Lowe and Jacob Glassens are at 100%. So there's no need to force jack to come back. Yeah. Uh if he is at 100% and of course with them having played on Saturday and another game on Tuesday, I don't think that they've had enough time. They probably maybe put him through Sunday they maybe put him through like some sort of a fitness thing or um you know something that just mimics a game and then maybe Monday today as we're having this conversation that he went through something a little bit more higher like high intensity but they don't really have time to see if he's game ready essentially because you don't have a whole week you only have a couple of days so I don't think we're going to see Jack Elliott it would be nice if he was healthy
1: I will say this if he's not
0: healthy I don't think we're going to see him because why would you rush him back
1: Jim did say in today's presser he will have some type of role here so I, I'm what I'm about to say, I think Renee's not gonna like, but Renee, what do we see a three back set to tomorrow night? Mm. You're trying to rotate, you're trying to put your best players out there still. You're having more of a defensive oriented type of lineup, putting your three really good center backs. Well, I did option. miss the
0: presser because I was on the Philly show and Jim show, was talking about thank you. Jim was talking about Jack's status. So he seems like he is 100 percent ready. He
1: seems to think Jack will have some type of role on Saturday. What role? Like as a that coach, he's a
0: cheerleader, like as a player,
1: <laughs> water <laughs> like boy, what kind of role? Is he the
0: water boy. <laughs> like what kind of role is he? throwing out towels to everybody. You know what is the role here? Um, so okay. I'm just
1: saying, like, what if we did see a three back set now? Saprisa, so because of rotation, I'm assuming they did run a three back set on Saturday in their match. Um, but we'll see if they go back. They, they, what, they run like the four, two, three, one, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, obviously you keep an eye out for Mariano Torres again here, who who also was got some rest there, but in general, like last two matches, if you just play with high intensity for all 90 minutes, like you're talking about a three, one win on Tuesday, you're talking about possibly a three, two win on Saturday. So I think for me, Renee, it's just very simple. This is obviously coming here trying to ruin our time you got to come out there acting like you're down 3-1 and go out there and close out this match.
0: Yeah. I do think a three-back could work, um, especially given the fact that it's such a quick turnaround. You, If you have a three-back, you slot Jack Elliott in the back, and now you have Nate, or it could be Mbizo. You could have Mbizo or Nate out wide. Of course, Kai on the other side. Then your middies can be, I actually think I would go Jose, Jack, and maybe... You don't want to make too many changes. That's the other thing. Like, I just rattled off, like, three changes off the bat. So, I think you got to keep it Jose, Jack, and Quinn. And then up top is Julian and and Gazdag. Okay. You know? But, like, that's... See, I I would be fine with maybe going... And actually, Chicago played more of, like, a 4-2-3-1. And still worry about a fine guys wide open in the attack. But that's okay. (laughs) We're not talking about that anymore. Um, If you were going to, like, keep a a 4-4-2, excuse me, and you slot... Quinn Sullivan up top, give Ua a, a rest. He's coming off the bench. And maybe you slot in Jesus Bueno out wide. That's a simple move that can go a long way. And if Jack, I think if Jack is ready, he's going to, he doesn't want to pull off Damian or Jacob. I think that's the tough part. Like I, that is hard as a coach when you have three center backs that are very good. And who do you, who do you pull? Because they're both, they are both playing well. I I do think there were areas that I watched them play. Especially and like, oh, you didn't do mm, could have did something differently there. But it's not something that's major where you are having to actively pull one of them off. And so I would be okay with three, five, two, play more defensive. It's a good point. Keep keep the same group. And now you bring in Jack Elliott's mix into the lineup, same midfield, and then maybe up top you just throw in Chris Donovan instead of like a ooh. Uh, or no, actually no, because then three five two would be Gazdag and Karan's up top. And then Jack Elliott bumping in, pushes everybody th- to the same
1: spot. So here's my concern if is that sense. when Jim <laughs> finds something that works, he buries it into the ground. There's
0: not a lot. Of, and this is a group that has flexibility and versatility. You don't they have do. to keep it the exact same.
1: But this all this lineup has essentially almost scored seven goals. If you know, you don't if you count that. Guys that guy's uh, like a lot on Saturday. But on, like six goals in two matches, obviously something's working. So I just see Jim rolling with the same lineup here, especially like I would, I mean, I'm with you. I would like to give Uwa some rest, but I think the way Jim sees it is I need to keep him out there and, and get more reps as much as possible.
0: And let me clarify. I don't think Uwa needs rest rest as in a sense he's <sighs> tired. I think Uwa needs rest in the sense of time for a different look. I do think I top. want 30
1: minutes of him in the second half tomorrow night, though. Some fresh. Yeah, ooh, uh, I would exactly. like that.
0: Exa- I think it's just I, I honestly don't feel like I agree with Jim. I do feel like the guys are more fit than maybe he, you know, we all expected. But in my opinion, it's just time for something different. It's been two games. I'm not saying change it all up. But slot in two or two or three guys. Jack Elliott's a tough one because as we mentioned, center back is a role. You just you don't want to tamper with that too much. You know, if, if guys are rolling, you want to keep them rolling. Um, but even even that, if the union are up, let's say the union go out, take care of business. Instead of trailing one-nothing at halftime, go in at halftime up one or two nothing. Now maybe Jack Elliott's coming in the second half to give one of the center backs a spell. They're done for the game. Now maybe you also can pull out, you know, one of your forwards can come off and you can go more and you'll still have the same intensity. You'll just have fresh legs. So you can also reverse it and maybe you start the same. They go on and play with the same intensity that we saw in the second half. We saw them create a ton of opportunities, including those two that got called back. Score, put them away, and then let's just have a nice fun ending.
1: As simple as that. That's it,
0: guys. That's it. That's all we're asking for.
1: I get concerned because Casala <laughs> is a, is, a, is a solid manager. He's good with his tactics yeah. too. So that's why, like, like these type of matches, I don't like running with the same thing. But hey, it's it's worked in the past, and I'm and I'm sure it'll work tomorrow too if they do it. One thing to keep in mind is, you know, listen, Deportivo Saprissa, they play in San Jose, Costa Rica. They're coming up here to Philadelphia, where. It's gonna be cold tomorrow all right <laughs> and we're gonna have is. and i'm curious to see how many fans do come out it's tough on us on a on a school night yeah but it is champions cup guys like i mean if listen if you can definitely come out use that game time app that renee was talking about earlier uh but it, that's what i'm really curious about but i do think that that will be a factor here too because listen saprisa so could be you know all excited ready to Upset special here. Mm. But the minute they step here at, at that Philadelphia That's airport, true. out of the Philadelphia airport, I should say, and they feel that cold, it's different. It's so hard to prepare for
0: that. That's true. That's true. And as you mentioned, game time tomorrow, 8.15 p.m. kickoff. Uh, of course, which means it'll start like 8.20, because it doesn't ever <laughs> start at the same time it's listed at. Fox uh, Sports, uh, at too. Park, Yeah, at Subaru Park on FS2, where you can check it out. And JP, as we get ready to wrap up and prepare for... Another game for the Philadelphia Union. Yeah. So what are your, what? Are, how are you feeling about this game? What are your overall thoughts? Do what do f- you expect prediction-wise? I,
1: <laughs> I do feel good about it. Obviously, it's a little nerve-wracking because you never know what can happen in these type of situations coming back. But I think that this team is playoff tested both in MLS Cup, playoffs and in ccc or ccl however you guys want to look at it but <laughs> i think that they are well tested enough that i think that they sh- they will be able to you just got to close it out it's not like you have to you're down like two nothing yeah. like you have the lead you just gotta close it out i think the union do um i could see like a 2-1 win tomorrow for for the union they'll get two okay so pretty still get one that's obviously we know the away goal but i think that they will have enough to get the win tomorrow
0: yeah yeah and as jillian's mentioning it should not be as cold as saturday shout out to the fact that <sighs> you, super Julie. park was packed on saturday Good even job. though it was chillier it is finally getting warm i do finally feel like i i'm i'm at a point now i'm intentionally wearing my sweaters for the last time because i'm like <laughs> this is it i feel like sweater season is coming to an end so let me get all my wintry sweaters out of the way um because it is finally getting like warm outside and sunny outside but with that uh, i know jazz you're also mentioning just to Make sure I'm hitting on these last comments about Glessis Fitness looking like he's struggling a little bit more post-surgery. Yeah, so overall, I do think it's going to be a good game. I'm excited for it. I feel like the Union are going to go out, take care of business. That's two games. They've been down one nothing at half. It's time to get on the front foot, as Jim was talking about. Start on the front foot, come out aggressive, and come out, take care of business early, and win this. I think it's 2-1, but I think that one goal from Saprisa comes late in the game.
1: Yeah, I could see that happening, too, a little, yes. little later.
0: So we'll see what happens, guys. Tuesday night, 8.15 p.m. at Subaru Park, the Philadelphia Union, leg two of the first round of CONCACAF Champions Cup action, taking on Deportivo Suprisa. Check that out. We'll be back on Thursday here, 3.30 p.m. So starting at our usual time on Thursday, we're going to start doing our Monday-Thursday schedule just around the game schedule. So back Thursday, live where you can tune in with us. So for us here at PHOY Union Podcast, Tyler, JP, myself, Renee, let's go Union! Win this game, advance to the round of 16, and let's make sure we can be in a nice happy mood as we progress into our next show on Thursday. So have a good one, guys. Let's go Union!